scripture lesson is found this morning. Thank you for coming to Mount Pleasant. Good to have you here. God bless you. I, I love to see your smiles. Big Dave back there, he always has a smile for me. <laughs> we're glad for each one of us here. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to be picking up at verse 13. And I think we should read down to the verse 16. Ephesians 4, verse 13, and I'm just sort of barging right in on this scripture here. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, and I'll add womanhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunningness, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, where we grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Did I just read there that Paul is telling us to grow up? <laughs> and the mature in Christ? Paul also speaks to the Roman church and the Corinthian church with these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We know the Bible tells us that we have been created in God's image. And he has made us with emotions and feelings. And I believe God has made the same. We know that when Jesus was here on earth, he was tempted like as we are, but without sin. God is holy. He desires that we also would be holy and walk pleasing before him. And our text this morning that we read here shows to us that we are to abound more and more. What does abound really mean? Well, I believe it, it's, it's striving, it's, it's moving ahead, it's flourishing, it's prospering. So what does that mean to us in 2018 for children, teens, adults, our seniors? It means that we are to grow in the Lord each day. Many of us have been going to church maybe from the day we were born. Or later on, it doesn't really matter. I'm just glad you're here. But we've gone to church. So should we by now have that solid foundation uh, under us to be increasing in grace in all kinds of ways, such as in our faith, our knowledge, our love for God and for one another? Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, Paul is addressing the Corinthian church about abounding. He says, but just as you abound or excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us. See that you also abound or excel 
in the gift of giving. In other words, he's saying that when we came to Christ, major changes happened to us. Amen? I trust that's been your experience. Yes. Uh, so then we should give more of ourselves back to him, to others. Our time, our talents, our money. These verses make it very clear to me that walking with the Lord means that he expects us to grow in grace. We do this as we come to church. We listen to Sunday school teachers. You hear pastors share and expound on expound God's word. But not only in church. I pray that at home you're getting your Bible off the shelf and dusting it off. If you're using it every day, it shouldn't be dusted, should it? But get into the Word, read it, meditate upon it, study it, and allow the Holy Spirit to show you new things. It's exciting when you start reading the Scripture. Like, wow, I never saw a quite like that before. You should say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Carolyn, she's smiling at her, yes. She knows what I'm talking about. Oh, get into the Word, know what the Bible says, so that we can be reading and feeding upon it. And that can be done in so many ways. Because I believe someday we're going to stand before God in judgment. And that's not the time to say, Lord, I didn't know you really said that. Now's the time to read your Bible. Bibles are very inexpensive. And I'm sure in your home you need to have more than one copy. But think of some in the world today that have never seen a Bible. The missions day we uh, David Geiger, who was here at our church just recently, he and his wife shared the, the content they're going to uh, with the Muslims. And people have never heard the word of Jesus. Never seen a Bible. It's, it's hard for us to comprehend that, isn't it? We've heard about Jesus from a little on up. My mother's knee, where I first heard it. God expects us. To not remain as a babe in Christ, but to grow to maturity as we read the word and we study and meditate on it and before again. And so we need to check ourselves and ask ourselves the question: Am I more intense in my spiritual walk now than the first day I started to follow Christ? I like what Job says in Job 17, verse 9. The righteous will move onward and forward. And those with pure hearts will become stronger and stronger. That comes out of the New Living Translation. We can see there is no place for laziness or stunning growth in the body of Christ. So then how do we measure growth? You know, yardstick out and you remember measuring your children as they grew up. In our old farmhouse, my mother had a mark and the date. I see that, you know, all these little marks as we grew up. But how do you measure your own spiritual growth? How do we realize our faith and our in hope and love in Christ and others? Tragically, too many times we measure our growth by our feelings. And that's not good. That's not good. Most people say, but I live by faith, not by my feelings. Sadly, many measure their spiritual life by the way they feel. And so when they feel down, they're convinced, I'm not growing spiritually. 
Oh, yes, they attend church, they read the Bible, but they feel or sense no progress. Well, let me share some spiritual insights here on growth. First of all, a Christian can be growing in grace and not always realizing it. Tremendous maturity may be taking place, but you may not be aware of it. Paul likens our spiritual growth to that of our bodies. He says there in Colossians 2.19 that our souls are nourished in the same way as our physical joints, muscles, and fibers. And he calls this being increased as God causes us to grow. And so as you trust and you, you abide in Jesus, never that never-ending flow of life that he's pouring into us. Christ, my friend, is a constant force, therefore, under one of us. Every day, no matter how you may feel emotionally. I guess you could say I'm a morning person. Check with my wife. I think I'm correct on that. Because I can jump out of bed and take off. But I've known some others, when they got out of bed, they're looking for the coffee pot. <laughs> Which are you? But, you know, maybe they... I'll talk to you later, Dave. Maybe when uh, you're feeling like that, sometimes you just don't feel the best in the morning and you say, wow, am I ever down? But does that change your spiritual? No. No, don't trust feelings. Christ is our constant friend. He's our manna. Some of you ate manna for dinner yesterday, didn't you? That was on the menu. I don't think it was manna. Anyhow, he's our man. He gives us spiritual strength for the day. As long as we need it. He's building us up. He's maturing us. We live in a world around us that is no friend of grace. I said those very words recently uh, in a wedding sermon. I had an old man come to me later and tried to be on that. I think this world's a pretty good place. What do you mean it's no friend of grace? Well, didn't they crucify Christ? So, as we talk, I think they understood that they didn't. But, we don't think it's the world, do we? Okay, let's, let me ask you a question. When you're at work and the guys are saying, man, it's Friday, it's party time this weekend. How do you respond to that? I trust in your heart you're saying two more days till I get to worship with my brothers and sisters and I lift up Jesus Christ. Does it sound real hard? I trust them. Because you love Jesus. You're growing in him. Consider the moon and stars. They seem to be fixed in space out there with no sign of movement. movement. And yet, Astronomers tell us that they're moving at a great rate of speed through space. Oh, that's a whole other subject. But God has promised that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Remember when Jesus uprooted you out of the kingdom of darkness and planted you into that good soil of his kingdom? Now you're drawing that nourishment life-giving flow 
of that heavenly soil. Paul writes in Colossians 2, verse 7, rooted and built up in him as established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I like this Paul guy, don't you? I'm looking forward to the day I'm going to meet him face to face. Well, secondly, we may wrongfully judge our spiritual growth. I love life. I don't know if you can tell that or not, but I do. But there are those times when life is so repetitious, it can almost be boring. Ooh, I don't like to say a lot like that. Do you know what I mean? The same thing over and over that time? Mundane. All right, that's a better word. You get up in the morning, I dare say you probably do the very same or very similar things over and over, don't you? Hold me to that if you know what you do. Now, as one gets older, that's helpful. <laughs> what do you mean that? But for some, there's no variety in life, and life becomes mundane. They think nothing's changing, and they feel like there's no room happening. Friends, our feelings can rob us of God's grace. Fact is, we do all face endless repetition if we admit to it. Because that's what life is made of. The real proof of growth is that you haven't quit, you haven't given up. We're still giving ourselves to the work of the Lord. You see, growth in grace doesn't mean doing more or greater things necessarily for God. It's being it's being committed, it's being faithful. Somebody can count on me. Remember back to uh, kindergarten versus second grade? My wife and I had a discussion of this. I thought it was maybe third grade, but she said, no, we were learning letters in kindergarten and first grade. Maybe you should ask the kids here. They, they're closer to it than what I am. <clears throat> but you remember when you learned those letters, and then it said, see Dick run, see Jane go down the hill, you know, like, and you made senses out of it. And now you've been writing for years. I'm sure you don't even think about those things anymore. Of course, I know we're in a whole new electronic age. There's all ways of communication that writing is becoming less and less. My sister texts me, and I tell you, it takes a, a genius to figure out what she's saying. She uses all these symbols and, and numbers where they're supposed to be words. And I, I said to face up, what's she saying here? And she was a secretary for years. I don't know. Maybe it's my problem. <laughs> Spiritual growth, my friends, occurs more in repetition than it means jumping from one thing to another, ministry or whatever. It takes more grace to remain steadfast where you are. When you're tired, when those days get long, than it does with everything you do. Have you ever heard the saying, a new room sweeps clean? That new pastor comes along, and he's the greatest guy. And I know some pastors that seem like every three years or so, they're going to another church. Because they like that newness. I like when Stan comes up to me when I first walk in. Hey, pastor, boy, you're a breath of fresh air. Well, then after eight years, I'm 
little guy. I'm not saying that I'm say he never said that. But what I'm trying to point out is that I enjoy being around people, loving and learning to know you. I'm not the kind that keeps moving on. I'm really big at myself. That really wasn't all in my notes. It's just because you don't feel like you're growing doesn't mean you are. Let's be steadfast where God has put us. Most likely you're increasing daily in Christ. Thirdly, we may measure our, our present condition by wrong standards. Think about that. Conversation, or, or rather conversion experiences, they were great. When you come before the Lord, they're emotional. I see people praying through for salvation. They get excited. I, I heard in the class today how, you know, that's something every church needs is new believers coming because it really, it really puts you on your toes. Because you feel incredibly special. Because you're all new inside. <laughs> I think of the scripture, old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. Praise the Lord. That's the way it should be. We are like a little child, a new babe in Christ. I had to think about our little ones. Uh, I mean, real little ones. Pete and Jen's, uh, Caleb, now he's getting up there with Josiah. Not long ago, he was taking his first steps, right? And I think I could see Peter saying, Come on, Josiah, you can do it. Come to Daddy. And the same way for Jen, Come on, come to Mommy. And they start. You know, wobbling toward one, two, three, and down they go on the little bottom. And you pick them up and say, wow, that's great. Only grandparents can remember those exciting times. It isn't long until twos come along. What do they call that? Uh, I didn't want to say it. You did. When that little guy is now getting into everything, Mommy goes to the restroom and comes back out and here all the pots and pans are out of the oven and the drawers are open, everything's all over the floor. Or she's busy in the kitchen and that little type goes to the bathroom and she comes in later, here's the toilet paper coming out, you know. That guy's don't get the idea. You're in trouble to do that. Those terrible dudes. And then they're walking and they fall down, they just jump right up. Problem. Children, uh, by the way, do get disciplined. They knock over the flower pots and stuff and, and do things they shouldn't. Play ball outside, not in the living room. But <laughs> I heard that amen. <laughs> but suddenly things aren't quite as exciting as they used to be, you know, when the little ones were growing up. And that's the same in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Looks the same. When you were a babe in Christ, you felt so very special. When the Lord was there to help you real quick, pick you up, encourage your heart. God is teaching us to stand on his word, to trust his promises, to remain a son of God, to mature, to walk with him. Oh yes, sad to say, people can grow careless and be born, losing their first love. Rather, may our hearts be on fire as we seek after God. 
But the proof that we're growing is our constant desire to be more like Jesus. Amen. We do this by every so often having that self-examination of our hearts. The flip side is when we allow the devil to trip us up by convincing us that we're losing hope. The fact that our feelings can mislead us in doubting God's love for us and our position in Christ is often listening to what the devil's trying to tell us. He loves to play havoc on feelings. Oh, friends, your day-to-day standing with the Lord has nothing to do with your zeal or intensity. Apostle Paul there in the Ephesians said, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it on my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, pressing, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. That's moving ahead, my friends. And that's what we want to do. Never rely on those past emotional experiences. What matters is where do you stand today? Are you holding on to the promises of God? Oh, I trust so. May we partake in his divine nature in that true biblical way rather than just feelings. Because feelings come and go. Let's stand on his glorious promises. This is the words of Peter. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who calls us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. All Peter's words should be an encouragement to every one of us as we cast ourselves in God's promises. Thank God for those fresh, renewing times of the Holy Spirit and we need them all from time to time. May we live it with a constant faith in his covenant promises. His word is unshakable, no matter how or what our feelings God tell us. Trust the fact of your faith, not your feelings. Although there have been many spiritual evidences of growth, I want to just leave you with two this morning. Number one. When you find yourself in a crisis, you quickly run to God for comfort and direction. I see that as a sure sign of spiritual growth. We're all going to face problems in life. And so what are we going to do about them? Some people are going to unload on others. Do you ever ask somebody, how are you? And afterwards, why did they even ask? But they, they want to talk all about their, their ails and their problems rather than going to Jesus first. And unloading on him. And we know that he is our greatest help in time of need. I think of that scripture there in 1 Peter 2 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he, finish it, cares for you. Amen. I love that verse. 
You know, you have somebody in your corner who's working for your bad. Number two, you spend less on outward signs, physical evidences, and inner voices. You no longer challenge God to prove himself to you by signs or voices. You may be surprised at how many people do that. Asking God things that are clearly in his word. We know the Holy Spirit speaks to us and he nudges us in the right direction. John tells us in John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Oh, I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Blessed Holy Spirit. So when we rely on those inner voices or outward signs to hear from God, you know what? You're opening yourself up to incredible delusion. Satan comes as an angel of light. Did you ever read that in the Bible? He'll tell you things and they sound half decent. You know, the devil can shade truth. And you're apt to believe that. Oh, check it with God's word, friends. This is what's going to judge us someday. We need to search the scriptures to make sure that our thinking is aligned with the word and not simply you know, my idea or somebody else's. Obey the Lord as, and trust his written word. You're never going to go wrong when you search the scriptures and live by them rather than I'm so thankful that God knows my heart this morning. And the Holy Spirit is faithful to check every one of us when we may step off the path that's laid out for us. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. And let's walk with him then. How about Come to him. Let's stand together with